Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. People look at it as, of, I'm giving this of, of my, I'm, I'm giving my time, I'm giving my service, I'm giving of me, blah, blah, blah. In reality, everything you have comes from the Lord. I'm just giving back to God a small portion of what he's given me. If I'm giving God my service and my time, who gave me time and the ability to serve? He did. I'm just giving back a portion of it to him. If I'm giving to God of my resources and my finances, who blessed me to be able to have money and resources to begin with? He did. So I'm just offering back to him. 100% of what you have came from the Lord. Your talents, possessions, and relationships are all gifts from him. He wants you to enjoy them, but he also wants you to demonstrate your faith in him by holding them loosely and surrendering them to his greater purpose. As Pastor Bill continues our study of the book of Numbers in today's message, we'll be reminded that we are stewards of everything God's given us. These blessings provide an opportunity for us to worship him through our giving. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 28 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I'm going to read this first chunk. Uh, I'm going to read eight verses. I want you to just follow along with me. And then I'm going to go back through and highlight some parts of it. So look at Numbers 28. I'm going to read verses one through eight. It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel and say to them, my offering, my food for my offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me. You shall carefully offer to me at their appointed times. And you shall say to them, this is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer to the Lord. Two male lambs in their first year without blemish, day by day. It's a daily offering as a regular burnt offering. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, the other lamb you shall offer in the evening. One tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with one fourth of a hen of pressed oil. It is a regular burnt offering which, the, which was ordained at Mount Sinai for a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. And its drink offering shall be one-fourth of a hen for each lamb in a, in a holy place. You shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. The other lamb you shall offer in the evening as the morning grain offering. And its drink offering you shall offer it as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So... Section verses one through eight covers the daily offerings and we're going to look at a few different things. They have a daily offering that they're going to be given to the Lord. They got a Sabbath day offering, a monthly offering, a Passover offering and then a, a Pentecost or feast of weeks offering. So this first one is something that they're doing every single day. And um, in this first offering is the, the daily offering that they're to bring to the Lord. There's two male, two young male lambs. The young male lambs have to be without blemish. And I just will explain the significance of the young male lambs. One, they're without blemish. What does the lamb always point to in scripture? Jesus. He's the lamb of God, take away the sins of the world. So I don't want to skip that. That's part of what's happening here, that these things were shadows and pictures. And so I want you to notice that in the thing that God commanded them to do daily, he was ingraining in them something that would have even greater significance later about who he was and what he was coming to do, that he would eventually be the lamb of God that takes away their sins. Just like these lambs were offering, being offered up daily. Now, the young male lamb without blemish, if you were a person that was dealing with lambs and sheep and raising and, and, and growing them, 
um, a young male lamb without blemish. That's in the dog world. I forgive. I don't know a, another term. I think it's appropriate is a stud. So if you got a nice whatever breed of dog you like, if you got a nice Rottweiler and you got a strong, healthy, young male, you would he would you could use him as a stud dog. That means that you want to bring more offspring out of that dog because he's so healthy. Um, and so usually when a breeder has a, a batch of dogs or a litter of dogs, they look for the ones with the best features, the strongest characteristics, and they'll pick out a male and they'll pick out a female for a breeding pair. Um, that these are, we want to, we want to duplicate these traits. So taking out the best of the young male lamb before it had a chance to be reproduced and studded out, uh, before you benefited from it at all, I just want you to know that it was something of value. Uh, it was something that wasn't like any regular old raggedy lamb. It wasn't any male lamb. It was young. It was perfect. It was flawless. It was spotless. And it had not been studded out yet. This was going to be as a sacrifice. I mean, this could potentially make me money. This could potentially go on to, to bring me profit, but we're going to be giving it to the Lord. One in the morning and one in the evening. And so with these offerings that the Lord had them doing, he had them do it every day. Um, these are part of the daily offerings. It was going to be sacrificial. Um, it was going to be symbolic in that it points to Jesus, who would be the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Uh, it would cost them something. But who provided them to be able to have the Lamb to offer in the first place? God did, right? And that's what we want to remember. We don't sustain ourselves. We're sustained by God. Whatever it is that we offer to the Lord, who gave it to you to offer it? How do, how do you even have it to offer that the Lord provided it for you. And so sometimes people look at offerings or giving of whatever it may be. It could be of resources. It could be of your time. It could be of your service. People look at it as, of, I'm giving this of, of my, I'm, I'm giving my time. I'm giving my service. I'm giving of me, blah, blah, blah. In reality, everything you have comes from the Lord. I'm just giving back to God a small portion of what he's given me. If I'm giving God my service and my time, who gave me time and the ability to serve? He did. I'm just giving back a portion of it to him. If I'm giving to God of my resources and my finances, who blessed me to be able to have money and resources to begin with? He did. So I'm just offering back to him. Everything that we have comes from the Lord. And so we want to be cautious that we don't pick up the attitude of the society in which we live, where we live in a world that people feel like I earned that. I got that. I, I, I worked hard. I, I made my way. You know, I went to school. I got the job. I did this. I did that. I made my way. And you can become very proud of all that you've done and forget who enabled you to, to be and to do that. A lot of people are raising their kids like that. You know, they want their kids to have such high self-esteem that you end up making little prideful snots out of your kids. And they don't recognize that everything they have comes from the Lord. Um, I, I remind my kids, you know, they, my kid, they could be, they might be proud of an outfit, but you didn't buy it. You didn't buy, you bought that outfit. You got a job. Everything you have is coming from somebody else. I, I don't remind them like, like, like I boss over them, but I'm like, be humble, be humble with whatever you have. Don't be, if I catch them being, you know, you, if I caught my kids being braggadocious or putting down, um, it, it would, it would be sad. Everything would be diminished. Um, my mom tried to do this to me at one point, and uh, it backfired. Um, I was, uh, I think fourth grade was, I don't know if you guys are from my era, there was a movie called uh, Beat Street, and everybody was breakdancing. And so um, I was breakdancing with kids at school, and I had to have some high-top Converse. And uh, I had to have them, because you can't, you can't breakdance in regular tennis shoes, you got to have Converse. And so I begged and begged and begged, and my mom finally took me to standard shoes 
on Prairie and uh, no La Brea. And uh, I got my I got my Converse and she heard me on the front porch bagging on like now we would bag on each other kids in the neighborhood. So I got my new shoes on. So now once you got new shoes, everybody without new shoes, you capping on them. And I started tearing them up. I was getting them, getting them, getting them. And my mom took those shoes. She took me back. And she bought me the ugliest bubblegum shoes. I'm serious. These might as well have been the shoes that you buy that come with the, they, they come tagged together at the grocery store. And she said, that's what you're going to wear. I'm like, mom, I can't wear those shoes. It's going to be fights. It's going to be problems. I wore those things to shoes. I shoes the school one day. And uh, she had permitted me. She said, somebody, she said this tongue in cheek. She said, somebody talk about your shoes and kick them with them. But she didn't mean to do that. But uh, by, by 10 a.m., at first recess, I was in the office. Someone had been kicked. I went outside to play that day, and I, I rolled my skateboard on my knee down the street, and I dragged the toe until it was a, a hole clear through the shoe so I could get my Converse. But I said, dude, the Converse got rubber tips, man. They don't do that, you know? And I got my Converse back. But this is the thing. She was trying to teach me a lesson that I, I had been bragging. I hadn't bought no shoes. I was a kid. Everything I had was being provided graciously through her. We're God's kids. Everything we have has been graciously, mercifully provided by him to us. We should be the most just giving, compassionate, thankful, humble. The more we understand what we are and everything where it comes from, it should be easy for us to give back to the Lord of whatever it is that he's calling for us. If it's giving to the Lord of our service, it shouldn't be a burden. We shouldn't be serving God and feeling like, I got to go to that church again. Man, you know, I, I mean, if, if I'm giving God whatever I'm offering, we want to be we want to be out of the overflow. Amen. Giving back to the Lord. So that's one thing. It should remind us of who sustains us. Um, look at verse three now. I'm going to kind of highlight a few points here. Well, first, in verse two, I, I just, I just want to point out the, the you'll see the words here. God says, my offerings my food for my offerings made by fire or sweet aroma to me. You shall be careful to offer to me at their appointed times. And I want you to know that God is saying, this is, this is special to me, right? This is, this is for me. It's my offering. This is what you're bringing to me. And I, I don't want to miss that, right? God was giving them a way. I want you guys to bring this to me. This is what you can do for me. All I've done for you, this is what you can bring and offer. This is what you can do. It's, it's mine, though. The offering is not your offering, it's my offering. It's going to glorify me. It's going to please me that you bring these things to me. And then look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, And you shall say to them, This is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer to the Lord, the two male lambs in their first year without blemish, day by day as a regular burnt offering. And I said already, they had to be the male lamb. They had to be flawless, a picture of Jesus and the key thing, and you might highlight this in your Bible, God said, I want it to be done day by day. And I would just remind you, like, what, and I, I, we'll talk about this at the very end of the chapter, but what God is establishing here is, I want you guys to come to me daily. I want you, I want day by day. We're going to see as we go through it that he's got one he wants them to do day by day. Do this one in the morning, do this one at night. Right? I want you guys to come to me daily. And so I would encourage you guys, and I would ask you, do you come to the Lord day by day? You take days off. How often do you come before the Lord personally? Right. Personal worship, personal adoration, personal seeking the Lord, worship and prayer. Do you come day by day? Do you come multiple times a day? Do you go first thing in the day? Do you go midday? Do you go in the evening day? Do you go no days? You know, what, what's, what's that look like in your life? And 
Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he wanted this then, I know he wants it now. Now, I'm not bringing a lamb, and I'm not bringing a sacrifice, but God is saying, come to me. I want you to come to me day by day. I want, I want, I want you to come to me day by day. And so um, everybody here can kind of account for themselves, you know, personally. Um, and I encourage you guys. I, I, I do, and that's why we do the Bible reading as a church. Uh, I'll continue to encourage our church to, man, make time daily to go and be with God. And let him speak to you and you speak to him and you pour out your heart to him. But build up that personal relationship with the Lord. There, there, there's nothing more dynamic, supernatural and awesome than than God interacting with you personally. It's awesome that God will speak to a person. It's awesome that God can minister to you through a Bible study. But there's nothing more awesome than your personal interaction with the Lord. We all have the opportunity to have a personal interaction with the Lord and nothing beats that. And so you want to continue to develop that part of your walk and your life and your relationship. And so one of the things God was doing among them was saying, you guys come to me day by day. I want this to be a regular daily thing. And then look at verse four, the one lamb you shall offer in the morning and the one lamb you shall offer in the evening. And so he was coming day and night. They were going before the Lord day and night. Now I got some verses from the Psalms. These are just sections of the Psalm where we'll see that the, that the Psalmist went before the Lord morning. He went before the Lord in the evening, and we'll even see that he went before the Lord in the afternoon. I just want you to write these down so you can have them for your reference later on. Write down Psalms 5-3, and I'm going to read them to you, and then we'll move on. So Psalm 5-3, it says, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look to you. I will look up to you. And so the psalmist said, I'm, I'm cracking my day open, looking to the Lord, crying out to him. You're going to hear my voice in the morning. Is God hearing your voice in the morning or, or just your kids hearing you? Get ready. Get up. You know, does the Lord just did you get up early enough for the Lord to get to hear your voice and to have some interaction with you in the morning? Next verse, write down Psalm 88, verse 13. And Psalm 88, 13 says this. But you but to you, I have cried out, O Lord. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. And so once again, the psalmist acknowledging that man, in the morning, I'm, I'm coming before the Lord. Then um, then in the evening, Psalm 63, verse six, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Uh, do you ever just lay in your bed and meditate on the Lord? Turn that TV off and put away the devices and, and get rid of the distractions. Do you ever just lay there and just meditate? Just, just give your thoughts. Let's just let your thoughts run with the Lord. And, um, and man, that would probably be a good way for you to fall asleep. You know, you just, you're, you know, just let, letting the Lord just, you know, I'm just going to give my thoughts to the Lord and lay here and think and meditate and pray and let, let my thoughts go with him. Next one, write down Psalm 141, verse 2. It says, let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And um, the last one, and so, uh, this one is, is in afternoon. So Psalm 55, verse 17, uh, we'll see all three of these. Um, Psalm 55, verse 17, he says, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Morning, noon, and night. The psalmist says, I'm, I'm just, I'm taking time all day. And so I would encourage you guys, this is legalism. Right. This isn't this isn't a legalistic thing. This is in the same way God was saying to them, guys, come to me. It's going to be good for you. Right. Anybody that makes it a, a discipline and a habit to come before the Lord, you, you would agree that it's good for you. That it's good when you come before the Lord. And anybody that falls out of that discipline for a period of time, you will agree that it's bad for you. 
right? So when God is saying, man, come to me, he's saying, you come to me like I want it, but it's really for you because he loves you. God knows the best thing for me to do first thing in the morning is to come be with him. That he can speak to me, set my heart right, put me in the right direction. He knows about midday. Best thing I can do is come before him again and let God speak to me and let him have this. And then he knows before you go to bed, best thing you can do before you do that is come before me. It's, it's not just for him. Um, there's a, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a parent. There are things that you tell your kids to do and it may seem like it's from the kid's perspective. My mom's just yelling at me, do my homework. And it's like, it's like, it's for you. Like you get something out of it, but it, it's for their benefit. You, 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 you want things to go well with them. Even when we make them do chores and things. I remember as a kid, you know, I would feel like my mom was, um, you know, <laughs> if as a kid, you felt like you're taking advantage, you know? I would be in the front of the house, and my mom would say, Billy! And I would run all the way to the back of the house. She'd be like, walk over there and get me the remote. <laughs> what? You know, and I'm just like, what? what? You know, but in hindsight, there are things that were being learned. You know, I had to be submissive to my mom. I had to be, uh, she served me my whole life, did everything for me. It's not too much for her to ask that I don't feel like getting up and you run around this house all day anyway, so you run on back here and get me the remote. It's not too much to ask, but as a kid, it, I felt like, man, parents just get over. I can't wait to be a parent, you know, and, and um, but you realize that's for them. That's for their benefit that they learn these things. And so God is better than a, he's better than a parent. He's a heavenly father. And him calling us and beckoning us and wooing us to come to him is not just for him. It's his offering. But, but the thing that pleases him most is when we're with him, when we're close to him, when we're intimate with him. And so it's, it's, it's a benefit for you and I as well. And we don't want to we don't want to miss that. And so now look at look at verses nine and ten. Uh, this is the Sabbath day offering. So in addition to the daily offering, there's a, the Sabbath day. So look at verse nine and ten. And on the Sabbath day, two lambs in their first year without blemish and two-tenths of an ephah, fine flour, and a grain offering mixed with oil with its drink offering. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. So God said, hey, in addition to the daily things, they're special days. They're days where you guys are at rest. The Sabbath day for the Jew was a day of rest. It was a day from Friday sundown, I believe, until, yeah, Friday sundown until Saturday sundown, that represented for the Jew, the Sabbath, they were to rest. In that time, God says, hey, in your rest, come to me, come to me. And so I would tell you this, there's some people that go on vacation, they take a vacation from the Lord too. Um, like they just like, almost like, like you need a break from God. And uh, I'm gonna correct that attitude. Um, you don't never need a break from God, period. You ain't never that tired. You ain't never worked that hard in your life. You don't need a break from the Lord. You may need a break from work, you might need a break from your kids. You might need a break from, you know, yet some other stuff that you got to do, but you don't need a break from the Lord. And so God said on that day, that sun up, that sundown, the sundown, that, that time frame that I've given you to just rest. I want you coming to me because I'm not work, but I want you coming before me then, too. I want you to come to me in your rest time. And so um, I, I've always made it a thing if, if um, when me and my family do vacation, if we go away for a weekend, we go into church somewhere. Um, I ain't never vacationing that tough. I, I'm excited if I get to go vacation to, to go work, just I want to go see church somewhere else. I'm gonna go worship with some other folks. We went to Jamaica and we were in Jamaica 
And I'm like, let's go find a church. And we called a cab and we went to a church. And my wife, remember, it was a little, it was cutest thing ever. A little girl came and she knew we were visitors because everybody there was Jamaican but us. And they was, hey, their worship was legit. They were worshiping the Lord. And she came and thought we might don't know the song. So she brought a book and she just, she would like flip to the songs and hold it for us so we could, so we could sing the songs, us poor Americans. And I, it was, it was sweet, man. It was, it was sweet to be with the believers there that day at that time. That was better than laying up at the hotel for the morning. It was Sunday. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Jamaican church and get my praise on, you know, um, in your rest, you guys don't ever take a break from the Lord. Every time you take a break from the Lord, it's bad for you. And even if you tell yourself, I just need a break. I just need to take. You don't need a break from the Lord. You need a break from a lot of things, but you don't need a break from the Lord. And I've seen people do this where they just fall out of fellowship for a while. Bad for them. I've seen people do it where they fall off, you know, just just in their own devotion or whatever. Bad, bad for you and bad for me when we got to rest that tough that we can't be with the Lord or be with his people. He said here on that day of rest. Come to me. I still I still want to see you on your day of rest. And it's not work to come to me. It's not work to bring that sacrifice. It's not that's not considered work. Worshiping me is not work. And so he still wanted them to, to come to him even on that time of rest. Now, verses 11 through 15 is a, um, a monthly offering. And so I read that. It says at the beginning of your months, you shall present a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs in their first year without blemish, three tenths of an ephah of flour as a grain offering mixed with oil. For each bull, two tenths of an ephah of fine flour and grain offering mixed with oil. For the one ram and one tenth, tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb, as a burnt offering of sweet aroma. An offering made by fire to the Lord. Their drink offering shall be half a hen of wine for a bull, one third of a hen for a ram and a fourth of a hen for a lamb. This is the burnt offering for each month throughout the months of the year. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to the Lord shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and his drink offering. And this is what I I recognize here. I started counting it up day to day. Two male, two male lambs. And then on the Sabbath day, which is once a week, two lambs in the first year and the ephah flour and the grain and the oil and the drink offering. And then once a month, special offering. Now, this is the business even bigger. Once a month, you got bull. You got two young bulls, one ram. So these are more expensive. These are more costly. These are bulls are bigger than lambs, if you will. And so. I'm looking at this thing and this is, this is, this is, a, it, it looks like at first, like, wow, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of, it's a lot of giving to the, that's a lot of barbecue. I mean, that's a lot of, there's a lot that they're bringing to the Lord, but then this is it, right? Then God wouldn't command you to do something that he wouldn't provide for you to do. So if he's commanding this is because he's provided it for them. Now they were going to have to give it. They'd be given in obedience. They would give it in faith, but God's commanding them to do it and it's done. But I would point this out because Somebody selfish would start counting up the, the, the amounts here and say, God's asking a whole lot. But, but what did we talk about in the very beginning? That everything you have comes from the Lord. Right? Can God ask too much from me? He can't. He can have everything. He's the Lord. Right? And this isn't some gimmick. God isn't playing. God isn't some televangelist trying to you know, break people out of every dime that they have. God is saying that it's, it's good for you to give to me. It's good for you. So you don't become selfish. 
You don't start trusting in what you do. Maybe giving all that stuff keeps you in a place where you're looking to me to to multiply your animals again. And you're trusting in me to to give another harvest. And you're looking to me to bring the rain. And so you giving these things keeps you in a place where you're looking to me to continue to provide it. You continue to give it. I continue to provide it. Keeps us in a good place where you realize that I'm the one that sustains you. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Numbers, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, you see how God dealt with sin and disobedience in the Israelite camp, but you also get a sense of how God delights in obedience and a soft heart. The people then were no different than people today. It's all human nature, plagued with the curse of sin, But God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.